Welcome back to another episode of the Square State Sandlot Podcast. We've got one of my great friends joining me, Tyler Foster, and I am your host, Bill Montoya. We've got plenty to talk about this evening, um, and this is going to be a little bit different than normal because we're not going to just talk sports. <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> things that interest Tyler as well, and that includes his his book recommendations, gaming, uh, movies, and then we're going to ask some questions about how he became involved in sports and, and all that. So we'll, we'll hop right into it. And I don't know where you want to start. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. We've got the, the books, we've got gaming, we got movies. So, so I'll leave it up to you where you want to start and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, we can go right into the book section there, man. That's where we know, where I know the most about. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I guess I know you read, five different books at the same time, all different subjects and all that. So what yep. is your favorite subject? W would you say you like more of the, the fiction or? Uh, probably the fiction wise, it'd probably be science fiction. That tends to be the one where I dabble the most in science fiction and fantasy. Uh, but I pretty much like anything that's not romance, basically. Yeah. <laughs> no Twilight for me, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I tried that. That was no good. <laughs> um, and and I know we talked off air, but I had just recently started Dune, and I think that yep. is your all time favorite, if if I'm oh, correct. Oh yeah, all time favorite novel. I've I've read it three times. Going to be working on number four here in a couple of months, and then probably a fifth reading through uh, when the second part of the new movie comes out here next year, I believe. Yeah, and it's funny because you sent me the link to that interview back in, I think it was like 1983, of the author. Yep. And he yep. was talking about the screenplay coming to theaters at some point soon. <laughs> in 1984. <laughs> yeah, and it just the... released in 2021? Oh, there, no, there's a 1984 movie that came out. Oh, is there? Uh, yeah, with uh, Kyle Mc, McLeck. I, I don't know how to pronounce the dude's last name. Interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it came out in 1984. It was directed by David Lynch. So in that interview, they were actually working on that uh, screenplay for that 1984 movie, which didn't turn out as good as maybe the modern one. It's hit yeah. and miss with a lot of fans. But for me, it was just okay. I watched it once, but I wasn't impressed enough to watch it again. Whereas the new version is probably one of my quickly becoming one of my all-time favorite movies kind of like a modern day lord of the rings adaptation you know yeah and i think i i remember seeing on facebook that you had seen it like three times in theater is that right oh uh, no five five <laughs> <Okay>. five times <laughs> so, in theaters. <laughs> so you liked it quite a bit i oh yeah <laughs> i started it and i was just so confused so i was like i think i'm gonna stop where i'm at because I only got like five minutes in and I was like, I'm going to read the book and then I'm going to go back and watch the movie. I'm sure if I just kept going, it would have made sense. But I, I yeah. typically find when I watch the movies first and then go back and read the books, I'm disappointed because the book's so much better. And then yeah. I, I guess it doesn't really matter which order I do it in because either way, the book's usually almost always better. So, Yeah, usually for, uh, what I've kind of developed is a, mindset to th realize that they're kind of two different art forms yeah so your book is never going to be the same as the movie like if i had read 
uh, Jurassic Park before the movie came out, and before I, you know, had that mindset, I would have been so upset at the movie because <laughs> yeah. the book and the movie are like two different entities. But uh, the since I saw the movie first, and then I read the book probably in college, like with, uh, twelve years after I had uh, watched the movie, um, the movie still held kind of a place, and it's like, all right, I got to take one medium and judge it that way and the other medium and judge it that way. That kind of helps separate it out a little bit because they do have to make uh, the adaptations more accessible to people who don't read them as well. So they're always going to kind of leave out some of the complicated stuff and that were in the books and kind of leave out some of the slower moving plot lines uh, so that they can keep that interest going in a two hour movie, you know, or two and a half hour movie, however long it comes out to be. But but then there's some movie adaptations like Starship Troopers where we won't even talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, or they just make it into like a five-part series. <laughs> but, uh, speaking of things left out of out of the movies, Tom Bombadil and Lord of the Rings. That was always yep. the, the one that I was like, why is he not even mentioned once? But uh, speaking of college, so I can't remember what your – what what you went for, but I know of interest to you is is economics, and yep. that's one of the things that just fascinates me is how. Well, we won't get into politics, but let's just say most <laughs> most well, things politics wise don't follow basic economics, and I think yeah. you would like to expand upon that, perhaps. Yeah, usually too, if uh, economics uh, and politics go hand in hand you're kind of in a weird situation that you don't want to be in, you know. Uh, economics shouldn't be a politi- uh, political discussion, to be honest with you. Um, right. It should be free and open. But, um, yeah, uh, I went first. I went to college actually twice. Um, I went to college at uh, WWCC here locally for criminal justice, decided I didn't really want to, follow through all, all the way with that so I just only got an associate's degree in that and then it took me some time but then I went and applied to a bunch of online colleges eventually got a, a free ride at uh, the Mises Institute and uh, studied economics there and got a degree in okay. economics there so that's what I thought I remembered I thought you went to criminal justice and then and then economics <laughs> later on but I couldn't remember the order so yeah, and I'm hopefully going to be teaching it with here within the next five years or so, but I was hoping to go teach it, but they cut uh, funding to that part of the school. So Just at Western? The... Is that where you were looking? Yeah. Okay. That's where I got my associates from as well. So, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I believe we overlapped a little bit. Uh, I, I no, think so. I, I, I went right out, of, right out of high school, and then yeah. I think I took – two years off and I was trying to get on at the mines and then couldn't do that. So I, I ended up coming down here to Southern Utah university and literally I think five days after I signed up for SUU, the mines called me and said, Hey, we want to bring you on. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. I'd already signed the lease on my, on my apartment and everything. So it's like, well, I guess I'll go to college. (laughs) <laughs> but that was that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. in some regards, 
I, I wish that I hadn't gone to school for what I did because yeah. while I enjoyed teaching, it was a ton of fun. Uh, I loved Arizona. We ended up moving back and there were no teaching jobs available. So I just kind of went into, I, I started selling cars and that was obviously not my dream job. I mean, some people yeah. absolutely kill it, but I just couldn't do it myself. And so that was kind of a, a holdover job just until I could find something that I actually wanted to do. And I got into IT and, and have been doing IT for now six years almost. So, yeah. and I mean, everything I'm doing in IT, you don't need a degree for. So, yeah. So as I was saying, I believe that when I, when I went to college, it was almost just a waste of money because everything that I'm doing now in IT I, I could have done that without the the degree and just picked up a couple certs along the way. So, yeah, a little frustrating, <laughs> but I guess you live and you learn, right? Yeah, basically, that's that's the same thing. I uh, didn't like the idea of the work in criminal justice after a time and decided it's time to change it up. And even even with the economics degree, it's going to be finding some teaching work alongside working where I work now instead of just being a teacher. Cause I don't know if I can handle being a teacher full time. <laughs> Dude, it's tough. I mean, yeah. I was, I was teaching in a pretty, I don't know. It was, it was weird because it was considered like a title one area Yeah. because it, the, the low income, if you count, if you go on medium or median income, but I was teaching in an affluent area in that lower. Yeah. So all the kids that I was teaching, it was like, uh, you know, their parents were, were kind of snobby. You had to make yeah. quite a bit of money just to live in that subdivision. So yeah, it was interesting. And like a lot of the kids these days, <laughs> I sound so old, but a lot of the kids <laughs> these days have that mentality where I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah, yep. I mean, they were the the parents were in the the mindset that if if the kids were not doing what they asked you to or what you were asking them to do, it's your fault, not theirs. And yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, pretty strange, pretty strange environment <laughs> that we live in these days. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's the. I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be teaching. Oh, because the plan was to teach night classes. And usually uh, with the night classes, you get a little bit more experienced people in there who For sure. are uh, working. Uh, so they take classes at night in order to better their lives. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. But they sadly cut the funding and we'll have to wait yeah. a little bit and see if they bring it back before trying again. But I'm sure yeah. they will. Um, yeah. And I absolutely loved Western because you could actually get a, a decent education there for not a lot of money. I mean, yeah, I was getting I paid. Free. Yeah. <laughs> I, exactly. I was getting paid to go to school there. Like every time, exactly. every semester I would get a, a check for X amount of money. That's how I yeah. bought my first car. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, Western's a great. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that I learned, I just got my general studies yeah. degree because I wanted to get that stuff out of the way when it was cheap and then do the specialized stuff wherever I went further on. Yeah. And so I did take a lot of the, you know, uh, elective classes I was taking in um, 
computer science. And basically, I was just doing everything. I took a ton of English classes as electives because I thought I might want to go into journalism or, you know, yeah. creative writing, whatever, possibly teaching in, in English. Uh, so, I mean, that was just a great school. And like I said, the cost was right. So yep. <laughs> I loved it there. And I'm sure yep. as as things start to, quote unquote, normalize again, uh, yeah. a lot of that stuff will come back because, like you said, the non-traditional students, the ones that are working there nine to fives yep. and, and then go to school in the evening, that's that works out best for them. So I hope yep. that returns for you. And uh, yeah, hopefully. I was teaching third grade through eighth grade. So I guess that's oh. not as relevant as to what you would be teaching. But <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, like I said, it was a ton of fun. There was a couple, couple tough classes. I think it was eighth grade and I don't remember what the other class was that was pretty tough, but it's crazy how much they can vary though, because like all the third graders were just happy to be alive. And then once they started getting a little bit older, yeah. then you get the attitudes and all that stuff. We don't want to do anything, you know, but it, yeah. it was a ton of fun. I don't know how, how much fun teaching older kids would be, but, or I guess even non-traditional <laughs> students, but I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy it. So, but I, yeah. I really think, I mean, if you did that on the side, or I guess maybe not even on the side, maybe as your, main gig i think you could probably start like a a podcast or something with your book club and all that fun stuff that you do on the side as well i think you could monetize some of that stuff yeah. so maybe a little idea oh, yeah. there i actually i actually i actually found a way to uh make money for reading <laughs> and reviewing stuff just like Okay. Yeah, like I, I found like websites where you read books, you type, uh, put in your uh, information, uh, and then write a review, and they actually pay you. There, there's one website that pays you 14 cents for every word in your review. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's nice. I, actually I thought found that. Like, I was like, I thought you might be reviewing like papers or something. No, nope, it's actually like. No, it's actually like new release books and stuff like that. It's kind of sweet That's deal there. Cool. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. So, I guess in the vein of economics, since we're talking about it, are there any books that you would call like your economics bible or or go tos or anything like oh, yeah. that? <laughs> so that's it's funny that you brought that up because I do have an economics bible. I went through it like twice already, and I'm working on three times through. Kind of like how my grandmother used to review the Bible like all the time. Yeah. She would just pick it up and read it all the time. Well, that would be this one. Oh, right. There it is. And uh, this here is my economics Bible. Man, and it comes in at. Yep. And it comes in at a good whopping. Let's see here. 14,000 or 14,000, 1,461 pages. 1,461 okay. pages there. So. Uh, I've actually been through it twice. Uh, it was a kind of a required reading for three of my economics courses in college. Uh, and we studied like each class as we went through, we went through a different section of the book. So uh, it was like 
studying 600 pages <laughs> of that book for one class, 600 pages for another, and then the um, everything that ties in with it um, towards the end there for the third class and everything beyond it. But uh, it's definitely worth it. It's by Murray Rothbard. He uh, got a PhD in economics, um, and then he also had a bachelor's, I believe, in mathematics um, as well. So that guy was a really smart guy. <laughs> um, he came from uh, descendants from Europe, traveled over here to America, uh, kind of made it big as an economist, and uh, a lot of his works are real good uh, studies for today. Uh, one of his good ones is uh, what has government done to our money? That's another good study on currency in uh, America from 1812 all the way until uh, 1970. I believe Murray Rothbard passed away in the 80s. I can't remember those. So. Okay. Nothing past that. So Probably quite relevant today based on the <laughs> crazy inflation numbers and all that that we're seeing right now. So. Oh, oh, yeah. He covers that subject really well in that book. Um, it's it, That's another fantastic read as well. I actually okay. finished that one for the first time, not like a month ago, actually. So I didn't even get to pick it up until about last month. So, so moving on from, well, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about economics before we moved on to there, maybe? There's one more book suggestion I got on the okay. subject of economics. It'd be The Road to Serfdom here. Oh, there it is. Uh, by F.A. Hayek. He was a uh, Nobel Prize winner in his uh, studies in economics. Uh, I believe in the 60s he won that. Uh, I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, he uh, that that's a good, uh, uh, definitely a good uh, book on where certain economic paths can take you, uh, especially future generations. Um, He's also an uh, immigrant from uh, Europe as well in the early 1900s and came over, I think, when he was like four years old, studied in the United States, got his, uh, I believe he got a bachelor's in economics, but then he went on to win the Nobel Prize for economics in the 60s, 1974. 1974. Just, just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I think economics is definitely one of those things that probably should be taught more in school, especially, you know, your high school years when, when that oh, becomes yeah. a little bit more relevant. Um, yeah. I think we both went to the same high school, and I don't know if it was elective classes that I took, but I feel like they at least set us up well. Uh, we yeah. did, like, mock um, – we did a lot of the mock – uh, stock purchasing and all that stuff. We did a lot of the, the filing your own taxes. We did uh, personal or fiscal fi uh, responsibility and all that stuff. So I feel like at yeah. least at the school that we went to, and maybe, it, maybe like I said, it could have just been elective classes that I took and that interested me, I, but I feel like it was general yeah. core, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I only remember one year of economics – uh, what was that freshman year, sophomore year? Uh, See, and I think I well, my my memory is ass, but I think I remember <laughs> it later in my high school career. I, I want to say it was junior year that I took it, but I don't know. And it, 
and it might have been that too. I've been out of school for 15 years now. You 17 years is kind of hard. But we just mm-hmm. barely found out that Lincoln Park's numb was classic rock now. Well, yesterday yeah. on social media, <laughs> that shit disgusts me. Like it's it's constantly happening too because like that's what I listen to is classic rock, and I'll hear like Red Hot Chili Peppers on there, and I'm just like, no, no, this is not classic rock. This is alternative rock. Put it on the right station. To us, classic rock is like Led Zeppelin and Iron Maiden. Yeah, and stuff like exactly. That. It's like, no, you guys are getting old and you're being phased out of society. Get over it. It's fine. Okay. So those are your economics books. Any uh, oh, yeah. recent, any other books that you want to point out before we move on to another media? So one more interesting study, because I do love sciences as well. I, uh, I'm a huge fan of physics books, and this here is a really good accessible physics book for uh, anybody who doesn't have background in it. Uh, or if you watch too much Big Bang Theory and you want to figure out what the heck they're talking about, yeah. that's, one, <laughs> that's one book that helps you along there and uh, knows exactly what they're talking about in that show or uh, in general, like uh, um, when you watch like Stephen Hawking talking about certain scientific principles and stuff. Even sci- uh, Stephen Hawking's books are fantastic as well. I read A Brief History of Time and uh, Grand Design and Universe in a Nutshell. Uh, those are all fantastic reads from Stephen Hawking as well. So it have, helps with uh, – What was the first one you said? Um. The uh, brief history of time. Brief history of time. I have that yep. book. I, yeah. I cracked it open and I was like, "Yeah, maybe another day. Maybe another day." <laughs> I have like ninety-eight books on hand. That happens to me like three times a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when we were. So I don't know if you saw. We went to Nashville recently, and yep. uh, I didn't bring anything in terms of reading. And so, like, I wanted something to read on the planes, and we had a layover in, I don't even remember, Salt Lake, <laughs> could have been Denver. We had a, a decent layover there, and we just kept going in all the bookstores to see if they had anything. And yep. buried at the bottom was Dune. And, <laughs> like, it wasn't even on the bookshelves. It was below the bookshelves, like, tucked back because it hadn't sold, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I saw that and I was like, huh, I'm going to go ahead and grab that because I've been wanting to read it. I, I told you I started it back in middle school, I think, but it was like yeah. right after I had read Lord of the Rings. And for whatever reason, it was just tough for me to get into. So yeah. I was like, one day I'll read it. But today is not that day. <laughs> Finally getting around to it like 20 years later. So I'll let yeah. you know what I think. I, I'm only 50 <laughs> pages roughly in so i don't want to comment on it yet but i do like how it's building so far so yeah oh it's fantastic and then uh don't be afraid to use that glossary in the back too when you come across words you don't know because he does create a big mythos in there and you want to make sure that uh you know each what each term is because one thing you got to know about dune is computers are illegal so they have to get around with no computers so it's very interesting. Yep. <laughs> okay. You ready to move on to gaming or anything else book-wise you want to talk about? Uh, no, we can go ahead and move on to gaming. Yep. Uh, okay. 
we so, covered Wheel of Time a little bit last time, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've been reading is Wheel of Time, trying to catch up on that. <laughs> yeah, that's one that I have all the books. I purchased them on ebook, but then my Kindle took crap, so that's yep. one bad thing. And I I really do like the uh, like the feel of having a physical book in your hand, yeah. but at the same time. A lot of the times I'll have those sales on eBooks, and it's like, okay, <laughs> for this up. price, I'll I'll buy them all, and then I'll have them all. But so yeah. now I have to do it on my phone, which isn't ideal. So one day I'll get another <laughs> Kindle or one of those devices. But for now, I've got Doom to work on. So anyway, yeah, there you go. Um, so you've been a console gamer your whole life, essentially. Yep. And recently, I think it was last year, you purchased a, a gaming PC. Yep. So I guess the the question is, do you feel one's better than the other? If so, why? And then we'll go into any games that you've been hooked on later. Uh, yeah, uh, PC gaming is actually a lot better than I always thought it was. Um, we had a, a computer back when I was a kid, and we had... Uh, Test Drive Off-Road Racing, I think it was called. <laughs> so that was the extent of my PC gaming when I was a kid. We, uh, I started with the N64, I believe, and I still have that in my house, actually. Um, I started with the N64 in elementary school and moved up ever since then to all the consoles. Um, I sadly missed PS2 because uh, oh. back, in, back in those days, I... Uh, uh, Parents wouldn't uh, get us those kind of things because they were too expensive. So, oh, I don't uh, blame. But I, uh, <laughs> I had to mow lawns all summer long to buy a PlayStation One while everybody else was getting PS Twos and everything. And man, did I cherish that thing! That's still at my parents' house, sadly, but uh, it's still around here as well. I got the. Yeah. It, it wasn't the classic PlayStation One. It was the smaller one. The Slam. Uh, yeah, that one. And uh, there were actually got four. One. Four different models of the PlayStation same, but yeah, uh, I, and I don't remember which one that same. was. Oh, and it wasn't even a PlayStation Two; it was a PlayStation One. Oh, PlayStation. So yeah. that was the PS One. Yeah, actually, sure they have one. one of those in my <laughs> living room, and it has the little screen that attaches to it, so you can play in the car. Yep, <laughs> yep, I remember those, and uh, yeah, I like, and eventually we got to the point where. Uh, I think I got an Xbox, the original Xbox for Christmas one year uh, in middle school, I believe, late middle school. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was middle school. And then uh, then after that, I got the 360 next and then PlayStation 3 after and kind of moved up the line that way uh, into PlayStation 4. I actually had to wait in line for my birthday all freaking day to get a PlayStation 4. <laughs> Uh, because GameStop was only going to get 10 extra ones on release day, and the first 10 people standing in line were going to get them. I had to yeah. stand there all day on my birthday just to get a PlayStation 4. <laughs> and, See, and I got uh, mine pretty close to my birthday, too, but yeah. it was a, it was actually a gift for my wife, and it was because I landed that teaching job in Phoenix. So yeah. she got me that as a gift to celebrate. So <laughs> Nice. I think she regretted it. <laughs> we played a lot of Destiny on that thing. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> that machine, I, I think it just 
grew air uh, grew some helicopter wings and flew off eventually. <laughs> and then I just picked up the PlayStation Five uh, a month ago, actually. Yeah, but I bought I got the PC last year because I couldn't get a PlayStation Five. <laughs> yep. So I I took the next best thing available and tried to play uh, a PC for gaming and. In all honesty, PC gaming is a little better. Uh, it's not even a little better. It's a lot better. It's a lot smoother. Uh, your frame rates are fantastic. Uh, process is a lot better. Although uh, my PlayStation 5 has less wait times than my PC does now. So yeah. <laughs> That's one thing they did right. But the funny thing is uh, with the NVMe drives that like if you were to put the same drive in a computer, it would be even faster so yeah yeah i don't know i've always loved console gaming for sure but i think the state of pc gaming right now is insane especially when you factor in pc game pass from i guess it's technically from microsoft xbox yeah so that's with that being said i know you you love doom yeah, and that's kind of been your your go to game on PC. But anything else yep. that you've played on PC that that's really impressed you? Uh, um, so I played Red Dead Redemption Two on the PlayStation Four. Okay. Um, I liked it, but it was one of those times where I'm not ready for this, so I kind of you know hung it up for a second, mm-hmm. and then I uh, found it on sale on place or on the PC. Bought it on the PC, and it. I mean, it looked amazing on consoles, but it looks freaking amazing <laughs> on the PC. Sure. And I mean, it, it it kind of blew me away, and uh, I I really got hooked on that one. I'm still actually working on it because when I do open world games, I try to knock out as much Everything. as humanly possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I can't do some of the harder stuff. Like, there's a white horse that people can't catch in there, and I'm like, I'm not even going to attempt it if those people can't catch it. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> but but like every side story and everything I could possibly find until I get That's frustrated why I, and have to move the story on. So Yeah, I love and hate those games because of that. It's like <laughs> you could literally spend your entire damn life in this game just trying to complete everything. <laughs> exactly. Like I just finished Ghost of Tsushima and I was like, before I have to move on, I'm going to have to liberate this part of the island. There's no way I'm going to leave a bunch of Mongols down here and move up north with the rest of the thing or with the story. So I had to sit there and free the each part of the island first before I could even <laughs> before I could move on to the story there. So it's, See, it's I like have a, that game. I think I played it for a total of two hours and I was like, man, this game is cool, but... I can't get into it right now. And I think yeah. I think part of it is I just don't really enjoy slashers that much. So and yeah. that's kind of what it is. It's like a first person ish or I guess third person? I can't remember. Yeah, third person. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah that's what it's done. Third person slasher. It kind of reminds me of like Warframe without the guns. Because Warframe yeah. has a lot of the katana play and all that, but yeah. It's interesting. It's definitely one of the best looking games I've ever seen on on console. Oh, yeah. So Yeah. Um, and uh when you play it on your PlayStation 5 it, it makes it even better too. <laughs> oh, for sure. That, yeah, so so uh, your, your PC, have you tried Game Pass at all? I think you said you got a Yeah, I did. I, subscription I, or something? No, I actually got the full year. So Oh, you got a year. Okay. 
Yeah, I got a full year of the Xbox Game Pass. I played uh, Forza New Horizons on. Oh God, that game's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the only place I could drive a Ford Bronco at this time. So <laughs> yeah, I keep but, telling uh, you, just buy one, fantastic. sell it for seventy grand, and then <laughs> buy another one later on. <laughs> <laughs> It's still crazy yeah. how that is. I mean, there's people. I I still have friends at the dealership, the Ford dealership here in town. Yeah, and they have outstanding orders that basically have been outstanding for two years. They're on the yeah. waiting list for for Ford to actually build them and and get them out there to them. So, yeah, and a lot of the people are literally, even though they sign a, they have to sign a thing from Ford that basically says we won't sell it within twelve months, but I think at the end of the day, Ford really can't stop them from selling them since they purchased it. But yeah, <laughs> people are doing it, so it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, one of the weird things is, is they have a bunch. Well, it's not weird, but a lot of, with the copper shortages and stuff, they have a bunch of uh, uh, new Broncos just sitting out in those uh, airfields and yep. just sitting there with no computer components and. Until they yep. can get the copper to make the computer components for it. So I figure if I wait long enough on that, maybe I can get a really cheap one that's never been driven before because it's sat in an airplane place for five years waiting for computer parts. <laughs> a 2021, zero miles in 2026. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but you can but, think, I want to say Microsoft and Apple have paid an astronomical amount of money to get priority on the available chips because, you know, Taiwan's the only one that makes chips anymore. Yeah. And so they paid for priority so they could get them for their, their machines. And then, yeah. yeah. So they're getting, that's why you can get an Xbox series X a lot more, <laughs> a lot more accessible than you can a PS five at this point. So. Yeah. We, we went to Layton and we went down to target and I went to the, to see if they had any PlayStation 5s on hand because I had got the PlayStation 5 at that point. And they had a whole bunch of Xbox, <laughs> the new Xbox in stock. Was it the S and or the X? The X. You should have just got one of those. <laughs> my God. I, I, I can't trust the Xbox anymore after my 360 sure had that red ring well, of F, man. Yeah, no, I don't blame you there. I had three of those and I finally was just like, all right, screw it. I'm never buying another Xbox. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. Uh, I got it. I got like a one refurbished or something. I can't remember how I did it. And it seems like I got it for, I don't think I paid anything for that refurbished one when I got the red ring of death. And yeah, I think they it, gave, I think they gave the first one, the first replacement to you for free. And then yeah. after that, you were on your own, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just couldn't trust it after that again. So I, I, I uh, played that 360 with the roommates that I lived with at the time because uh, they wanted to play Halo 4, oh. I think, was out at the Probably time. Probably 3. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, it was like 2011. 2000. I was playing a lot of Halo 3 back then, and then they came <laughs> out with ODST, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. So you're basically <laughs> selling a new campaign on its own and then just using the existing Halo 3 <laughs> multiplayer. All right. I don't think I'm going to play Halo anymore. So, <laughs> Yep. And then, uh, 
I, I just couldn't trust Xbox after that uh, Red Ring of Death the first time. So See, I, and I said I was never buy one. And, yeah. But I bought my son a, a Series S, not X, S yeah. as in Sierra, since yeah. it's the cheaper one. And yeah. I mean, you could get those all day. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone wants the X. And I mean, he does all, literally all he plays is Fortnite. So it's like, why would I spend extra money on that X? But. Anyway, go on. <laughs> but yeah, we we went to that Target and I was upset because they had like the whole case was full of those uh, Xbox X's and no PlayStation Fives, and I'm like, and yeah, I just can't bring myself to buy an Xbox after that. So <laughs> see, and this is I, the... I waited till the opportune time to buy a PlayStation Five and bought a PlayStation Five. So I love my PS Five, but <laughs> I think Game Pass just makes the xbox have that much more value yeah but, but i mean i got that on the pc so yeah we exactly. got the best of two worlds I was just there, gonna so. say got the best of both worlds because you got the ps5 exclusives but and then you also have game pass on the pc but yep. i guess it helps when you work in it and, and you can understand all that capability that yeah like and i've been able to luckily piece out my pc and and build a pretty decent gaming rig, so yeah. that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so any other games you you have to play or would would recommend everyone should play? Uh, I PC? did finish. I did finish Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, uh, I have a hard time saying that word. Um, this morning, actually, I actually finished that game fully this morning, and that is honestly uh, one that I recommend to a lot of people. Um, hopefully in about a year or so, like sometimes I have the same thing. Like I'll play something for a couple hours, be like, this isn't my thing right now. And then I hang it up for a while. Cause that's what I did with ghost of Tsushima too. When I first bought it, I think I played it for a while. was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. And then I didn't, I think I've had that game for a year and a half now, just barely beat it, uh, this morning. So, um, I, I it was definitely worth the wait, uh, for when I was ready for it. And uh, it was it was a fantastic game. I give it like a solid nine out of ten, nine point five yeah. out of ten. It was amazing. So, but so, that, that's uh, that and Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about Elden Ring, but I didn't know if it was a sore <laughs> subject or not. <laughs> Apparently, getting banned from Facebook because you can talk about or you can't talk about how much you die on Elden Ring. <laughs> and that's the funny thing is like i had commented on so many posts because when it first came out that's all the gaming websites were talking about on facebook so all the things it was just like i freaking hate this game i die so much blah 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 and you say one thing and you get banned from facebook yeah. for a week and i said it on my own post. i know on your comment yeah my comment on your post I was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and it was yeah. like like six days too or something like it was weird. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. If it wasn't for the podcast, like I wouldn't mind taking a month long break from Facebook. In fact, I barely get on there anymore other than to post for the podcast. But anyway, a yeah. uh, couple of things I would recommend for PC gaming. Obviously I said uh PC Game Pass. It's fantastic value. I think it's only nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. Or if you're crafty like Foster and call in to Microsoft, you can get it cheaper, I think. Um, but there's also a, a website called Cheap Shark, 
yeah. com, and it basically is a compilation of all the Steam like websites. You got Epic Games, you've got GOG, you've got Triple G Game. Like, there's so many sites that sell Steam keys, or um, like I said, Epic Games has its own store. But it basically is a compilation of all these sites and the best deals that they have on there. It also factors in like game ratings and things like that. So that is a fantastic resource, cheapshark.com, free shout out there. Uh, yeah. And it, it basically is just, like you said, it's all those sites that resell the, the Steam keys and it puts all the best deals all in order uh, based on, they grade based on the actual deal, how, how much percentage it, it is off of the regular price the rating of the game and all that. So it's a, it's a great place if you're going to buy games to, to at least check and see if it's on sale anywhere else that you can get it a little bit cheaper for. So there's your economics right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. And then I saw on Facebook, it's been a while, but you posted about the Batman movie. Oh, yeah. And what did you say about it? <laughs> uh, I think this Batman movie may be the best one. <laughs> out of all of them because uh, it's one of those ones that actually really explore the detective side of Batman. Um, they they did a little bit in the Bale movies, uh, especially the Dark Knight when they were trying to track down the Joker. But I felt like this one here uh, with the noir, the noir tone to it and uh, uh, made it like the right level of dark for the Dark Knight. Um, I think this may be the best one that they've made so far. I, I love the Bale movies. I love the Keaton movies. I'm not a big fan of the uh, bat nipples in uh, in the George Clooney one, but uh, we won't talk about that either. <laughs> but in I mean, all you kind all, of brought it up. <laughs> but all in all, that's, uh, that was a, a fantastic Batman movie. Matt Reeves is kind of on a real good nerd role right now. Cause he made two fantastic planet of the apes movies and then dove right into this, uh, Batman movie and it's uh, been great. So see, and that surprises me with Robert Pattinson being the, the star of the show because he yeah. obviously came from the, what was it? The twilight series, twilight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was actually so, in Harry Potter too. So yeah. That, I kind of <laughs> raised my eyebrows a little bit when I saw he was going to be Batman, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I I haven't seen a movie yeah. in theater. I can't even remember what the last one it was. We went to see a kid show with the boys um, probably in like 2020 once things started easing back up. Uh, yeah. And I can't remember what the hell it was. I want to say it was like Minions or something, but I haven't been to a, a theater in, in quite some time. so. I don't know if I just wait for it to come out. I think it's going to come out on HBO Max before too long, if I remember right. Yeah. One of those, but maybe I'll just wait for that. I don't know. I don't, I hate going to the theaters, honestly. It's a fantastic movie. You can stream it on HBO Max right now if you have HBO oh, is Max. It? Okay. Yeah, it, it actually went up for streaming last week, I believe. Uh, okay. I did actually watch it at the house, too, so. I watched it I've been checking, theaters. but not super frequently. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Looks like it's a three-hour-long movie. Yeah, the thing is, is it's an actually 
uh, it's so great. I didn't even notice the three hour runtime uh, when we went to go watch in theaters. I didn't even know it was three hours until the wife pointed out that we were in the theater for like three hours and 20 minutes or something like that. Cause uh, uh, wait time and the, the trailers and everything, but yeah, no, no it, intermission? you don't even notice that. The, nope. No intermission. And yeah, you dang. don't even notice. Yeah. Don't even notice, man. It's so fantastic. Like, and it might be, I don't know. It seems like noir movies tend to really engage me a lot. So like the noir tones in uh, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I, I love those movies. And like I said, it put a real noir tone to this. And I, 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 yeah, I didn't even notice it was three. <laughs> I didn't even notice it was three hours. It was so good. I was engaged the whole time. Paul Dano does a fantastic job as the Riddler. And uh, it, it's even more... It may be even more intense than Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, it was it was great. So, but can it top Danny DeVito's Penguin? That's all <laughs> I want to know. Uh, uh, in, in in this movie too, they bring back the Penguin, and uh, um, if it's not Colin Danny DeVito, we run it. <laughs> it's uh, it's got uh, uh, Colin Farrell as the uh, Penguin and. He does a really good job too, but the penguin's kind of starting out at this point, so it's not full. Uh, new movies wise, I think the Batman was the last new movie that I've seen. We saw Turning Red uh, at home. And did you get fired up about it? No, I, 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 the whole puberty discussions with it, I don't really care. I didn't even mind the part of the movie <laughs> that that was in, like it. Uh, I guess it takes a lot more to offend me than just that. But come on, you got to get fired up. <laughs> All the people on Twitter said I need to be fired up about this movie. <laughs> it's it really wasn't, you know, nothing to be fired up about. The sad part about it was is I think it's the first animated movie from those two companies that I was actually kind of bored with. <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie, I was actually I don't think I even laughed. Once the entire time. <laughs> there you go. See, and <laughs> yeah. I know the boys have seen it, and they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what it's about. Obviously, they're. I think. Yeah. They're nine, six, and four, so none of them yeah. have any idea what's going on quite yet. But yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. We we've seen or they've watched it on Disney Plus, obviously, but I don't even know what yeah. it's about other than what I've read online, and I'm like. Oh, you guys shouldn't be watching that according to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's seriously not that offensive as far as I can tell. So, no, I'm sure it's not. Especially if it's a Pixar movie. But um, Hey, stop. Stop. <laughs> time to play ball, Foster. <laughs> she wants to play Keep Away the Bone. From Ash. Okay. <laughs> so now that we've talked about all that stuff, go back to the bread and butter of sports. So <laughs> what we're doing in this interview series that we're running, um, we're just kind of asking how you became a fan of sports to begin with. Uh, I became a fan of sports when I think I was in about – uh, well, I mean, I, I played sports before I started watching them. 
Um, I played, uh, uh, I never did T-ball. I did the one where the, they had the parent underhand it to you. Uh, Coach pitch. Oh, crap. I can't remember. I can't remember what that uh, league was called. It seemed like it was called like mini league or something like that, or little league or something like that. It seems like like it's different everywhere, but yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, I think it was just like a parent or coach or somebody tied to it would just like underhand pitch it to you. And then you had a kid standing on the mound with him uh, to be the rest of the pitcher, you know, the catching and all that stuff like that. Like the parent was just there to underhand it to the, to the hit uh, batter. But uh, I think I started that before I started watching sports. Um, but for the most part, I started watching, uh, the NFL, I think somewhere around the third or fourth grade. It was about third grade, I think, because Denver didn't make it to the Super Bowl that year. They went the year after to face the Packers. (laughs) I remember that. uh, (laughs) And dad, uh, dad would always watch the games on Sunday and, uh, mom, uh, worked Sunday nights at that time. So it was always, uh watching the Broncos with dad, keeping up on the Broncos with dad. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think that was the year they didn't make it. And then the year after that, they did. And I think that year they did, I actually caught all of the games or at least most of them at that point. So mostly it was watching the Broncos games with my dad that really got me into the NFL. And then, uh, Then in elementary school, uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls were on a huge roll. So you weren't yep. a Bulls and Pippen and uh, 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 Michael Jordan fan, then you just weren't the cool kid on the block. So that's what we did most of the time there is watch the uh, games with uh, uh, with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and everything. So, hey, come on. Come on. Ash is saying it's my time. It is my time. <laughs> it's actually Jade right now. She's, oh, she's all amped okay. up. It's, it's like she did like a line or something before this or something. <laughs> she's fired up and ready to be a guest. No, that's, I, I definitely remember those times. And I think those were, that was the first, not that one, but no, I think I remember the, the Green Bay Super Bowl. But I also remember the one after when they faced the Falcons. And I was... I was doing the Dirty Bird because I couldn't stand the Broncos, obviously, being a Raiders fan. Um, and Jamal Anderson from University of Utah was also on that team. So, um, yeah. No, I, I I love that. And obviously, for most people, you get the love of sports from your dad and then obviously just playing whatever that it is that you play. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely remember before, like, actually watching the sports, I would be in the backyard. I didn't have a brother at the time. Uh, we didn't get my, my younger brother until I was eight. We adopted him. Uh, but I remember being in the backyard, literally just throwing balls up in the air, catching until my dad would get home. And then once he got home, we would play catch in the backyard and all that. So that was obviously a, a great memory for me. and and. Watching the Raiders wasn't a, a regular thing because we were in the Denver market. But anytime they played the, the the Broncos, we got to watch them on TV. And it's crazy how yeah. sports have changed since since we were kids. Like 
kids nowadays don't realize like you can't just watch everything back when we were we were younger it was like yeah if if you were in the market you got to watch you got to watch the Braves and the Cubs because they were the national teams um, TBS yep. would always have the Braves on and then WGN would always have the the Cubs on if you wanted to watch baseball so yeah, I obviously grew up in the era of uh, the Braves being one of the most dominant teams in Major League Baseball. They were always in the chase. Um, yeah. They never won it all, of course. <laughs> but I think they were in like 14 of the 15 um, NLCS championship series. So, no, I I mean, it's it's crazy how much sports have changed just in, in the 30-plus years that we've been alive. Um, yeah, and uh, I assume I, I'm going to ask you the question, but I think I already know the answer. Why did you pick the teams that you that you cheer for in in uh, whatever leagues? Um, when I was a kid, uh, it was mostly the Broncos that I chose with my dad. Um, like I said, I was riding that Bulls bandwagon back in the elementary school days, being the uh, <laughs> kid that I was. So. Dad was a jazz fan and still is a jazz fan. I, I'm not much into the basketball anymore, so I don't really watch that too much. Um, sometimes I pay attention to the jazz. Like last year, jazz actually had a pretty good season. I thought maybe they could possibly go all the way, but uh, they ended up not going all the way. So I think that was like the first time I watched basketball in a long time. Probably. Yeah. I probably hadn't seen any basketball games in at least 12 years or so. And I actually paid. I actually paid a little bit of attention to the Jazz because I uh, hearing about their season kind of perked my ears up a little bit. I was like, hey, maybe they'd be on a roll. Kind of check it out to see if Dad's team will actually make it all the way this year because they haven't gone since they got beaten by the Bulls twice back mm-hmm. in my elementary school <laughs> days, and uh, they didn't have the what do they call the mailman anymore or whatever, uh, Carl yep. Malone. Carl Malone and, and, and uh, uh, John Stockton. Yeah, John Stockton and stuff. So I thought, hey, maybe they'd actually go all the way for the first time since then. And then they ended up, I can't remember who they lost to. And I probably haven't seen a basketball game since then. But, uh, and then uh, hockey-wise, I actually got into hockey myself because my dad wasn't into hockey that much. And guess how I picked my hockey team? Who was on TV? <laughs> It was it was a movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Disney movies of the Mighty Ducks. So I nice. uh, found out that they had an NHL team named after the Mighty Ducks movie because uh, they actually did name them uh, after the movie uh, because the team was formed after those movies actually released, at least the first one, I think. I can't remember the release dates on all those movies. But anyways, uh, since I was a fan of those movies as a kid, I found out there was an NHL team called the Mighty Ducks. Then, of course, their uh, deal with Disney or whatever dropped out, and they had to start calling themselves the Ducks, not the Mighty yeah, Ducks anymore. Yeah, the Ducks. So, yep, so got the Anaheim Ducks that way. Um, and I even got myself a Getzloff jersey. I believe Getzloff's actually retiring uh, this year. So uh, sad to see that guy go. And uh, hopefully he can enjoy retirement and retire longer than – that other guy in the NFL that we don't like to mention either. So more than a couple months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, That's funny. and then, 
Uh, baseball wise, um, I, I actually liked playing baseball more than I did watching it. So I actually never really got involved in much MLB teams, uh, growing up. I think I caught a game here and there, uh, with the Rockies cause they were in the market. But other than that, um, I wasn't like too particularly into it. I, I prefer playing baseball rather than watching it much like I prefer playing golf. Rather than watching golf, if I watched golf, I'd probably take a four-hour nap. So <laughs> I can get, I can get in with that. Like, but I like baseball. Like, I I like playing baseball so much, and then watching it is just very marginally below that. So, <laughs> like baseball, honestly, if I could, if I could do one thing for my life, it would, it would be play baseball. That would yeah. be my dream job, and and still to this day, I I want to do something involved with baseball. So, yeah. In fact, I'm watching the Bay Bridge series as we speak, just <laughs> glancing in between. But um, no, that's that's interesting. I all of my sports teams are originally from the Bay Area. Uh, well, I guess yeah. not. I guess you can't say originally. Um, I'm an A's fan. I'm a Raiders fan. I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, and then I don't watch too much hockey, but when I do, I typically try to tune into the Sharks. So they're obviously from yeah. San Jose. So, and of and, course, you, so you pick the Raiders, uh, which is opposite of my Broncos, and then you pick yep. the Sharks, which is opposite of my Ducks. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine though because in in hockey, I don't tune in really except for the playoffs because playoff hockey is absolutely phenomenal. We did go yeah. to a, a Nashville game while we were out there just because I've never been to a, a live game and it was literally right across the street from where we were staying. So I was like, wow, well, oh, yeah. when, in, when in Rome or Nashville, may as well go see it. Um, okay. So last question I have for you related to sports is who are your favorite athletes and why? And this can be all time. This can be current. Doesn't matter. So like current wise, one of my favorite uh, athletes of this time is, of course, one of the guys you didn't like for a long time, but you probably don't mind now that he's not in the division anymore is Vaughn Miller because that guy uh, I always liked the way he played. Of course, he had a couple of, controversies back in what five years ago six years ago maybe a little longer and a couple of injuries that put him out for a season but uh overall i thought he was a solid player uh and of course super bowl 50 mvp is always a good uh a good mark on your uh records there and everything so uh modern day i'd have to say von miller um i always i always liked uh russell wilson's uh it, from what I can tell, that dude has an excellent work ethic. Uh, I don't know the guy personally, but from what I can hear from all of his teammates, that dude has a pretty good leadership and work ethic uh, quality about him. And thankfully, he came to the Broncos, so we can see how that works out in Denver rather than what their current situation has been at that uh, position. And then, of course, I, I had to dust this off just for you. But Don't one of the all-time favorite, <laughs> one of the all-time favorites. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. So the worst part is I'm wearing a a, a Nike shirt that has your damn colors part of it. So that is not so, a Elway jersey, just for the record. It's just a Nike shirt. So 
John Elway was the uh, lead of the team at the time uh, when I first started getting into him. Um, he was one of my favorite Denver Broncos players, but oddly enough, he's not my favorite uh, Denver Broncos uh, player. I sadly couldn't find the jersey. It's somewhere around here in the house before. Uh, no, it would oh. be Steve Atwater. Steve Atwater, okay. I, I, I love that. Steve. I love Steve Atwater. That dude had a uh, iron Meat will, streak. man. That, yeah, yeah. He was he was a hard hitting guy. I, I I just remember watching this NFL uh, show that they had, and they were showing all the old clips and like sound bites and stuff from the players and whatnot. And it was when Broncos were facing the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, in the late '80s, and they had Christian Okoye. Mm-hmm. as their fullback at the time. And that dude was a pretty massive fullback for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I remember one of the Broncos players was standing on the sideline with Steve Atwater before the kickoff to the game. And he says, oh, man, that Christian Okoye is on that other side. And he's, he's like, that guy's going to be hard to take down. And Steve Atwater was like, I, he was like, I don't care. But it don't matter to me. All men, or all, They all go down the same. And yeah. – uh, and then the very first play, they handed off to Christian Okoye, and Steve Atwater stuffed him right in the hole and actually pushed him backwards, which <laughs> didn't happen a lot of the times with uh, Christian Okoye back in those days. So it was one of those NFL hard-hitting moments that was always a thing that kind of sparked my interest as a kid. And, uh, of course, he was with the Super Bowl uh, 32 and 33 teams that won, and they traded him – can't remember if it was the year after they won with the Falcons or the year after that, but then he went to the Ravens for a little bit. But luckily, uh, he's in the Denver Broncos Hall of Fame, and I believe he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, if I remember right. I think so. I remember. So <clears throat> I think he was even able to retire as a Bronco as well. So that was always, you know, I, I they when we went to this Denver stadium, I believe they have a statue out front of him with uh, all the great players and stuff. So, yeah, that I would say that my all-time favorite athlete would be Denver Broncos' uh, Steve Atwater. I like that. Although, I think <laughs> uh, old horse face fits more with the aesthetic. <laughs> and you know exactly who I'm talking about now. I like that. <laughs> that I do, <laughs> yeah. and one of the ones that I'm shameful that played for the Broncos is Romanowski. So, yeah, uh, well, he claims himself a Raider now, even though I'm pretty sure the majority of his <laughs> career was with the Broncos, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, I have to hear really him every. They do. I can't remember if he's part of the post game or pre game or maybe both. I don't know. He's always yeah. on the, the Raiders broadcast now. And, it, like, he gave us a couple of decent years there towards the when we faced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. But still to yeah. this day, I'm not forgiving him for wearing orange. <laughs> doesn't matter if he claims himself as a Raider. I always kind of – I always like Lynch, too, when they brought Lynch over from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the yep. – uh, early 2000s, and I always wish that they kind of uh, got him a ring there because that dude, him and Champ Bailey were always, you know, really decent players on those defenses when the offenses were kind of struggling. Um, 
Jake Plummer didn't do a too bad a job uh, getting all the way to the AFC Championship that one year against the Steelers, but then that Steelers game didn't go that well, and then we didn't hear much from Jake Plummer after that, and yeah. then it was kind of kind of some but, dark years trying to find the quarterback from there. So, and I think at least for the record, I should say that I've I've always liked Vaughn, even when he yeah. was on the Broncos, just because. He's always done those pass rush for summits where he's basically teaching the new guys what he knows, and he's always been yeah. one of the best uh, pass rushers in the NFL. So I've always yeah. appreciated that about Vaughn. Uh, not that I necessarily wanted him to win with Broncos. I was happy to see <laughs> him get that Super Bowl ring. Um, and obviously he just got another one with the Rams, and hopefully he yeah. gets another one with the Bills. Uh, <laughs> yep. Obviously, and assuming you, the Raiders don't make it into the Super Bowl, <laughs> um, but and you and you always gotta love a person who picks off Tom Brady in the AFC Championship. <laughs> gotta love that. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I I didn't ask you that I wanted to. I don't think there is. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we we call it? Uh no, I think we. I think. Oh we no, a... there was one more question. So off season wise, obviously you guys added Russell Wilson. Um, yep. Everyone is was basically just saying you guys have the best, one of the best rosters in the league, except for the quarterback position. Um, you obviously got rid of Noah Fant, uh, Shelby yep. Harris. Can't remember who else was part of that trade. Oh, Drew Locke. No, no loss there, and yep, then you lost quite a few <laughs> draft picks. So. Grade the grade the off season that the Broncos had, and then any targets you may have in the NFL draft, or at least position wise. Um, I I probably give them, I probably give them right now a good solid B plus. I just want to see some torquing on that offensive line to help out uh, the uh, Russell Wilson in that back, uh, backfield. There, I want to. Denver give their quarterback some time to throw like the old uh, well not the old I guess the early Peyton Manning years with the Broncos that guy would have all freaking day to throw back there I kind of want to see them get an offensive line that can provide the same for Russell Wilson so that he doesn't have to extend the plays like he was trying to do there in a lot of the Seahawks games and try to carry it that way with his legs and arm I would like to see him be comfortable in a pocket and. Uh, throw some good shots down the field. So I I want to see some offensive line, uh, either good drafts or some improvement on that offensive line for sure. But uh, everywhere else, I think we might have been rounding it, rounding it out the last two, three years. And now that they got uh, Russell Wilson, I think they stand a better chance than they've had in a long time since at least Manning retired. So I just would like to see Russell Wilson have some time in that pocket where most of the quarterbacks since, heck, even uh, Manning in his last year there had less time in the pocket than what he'd had the previous three years with Denver. So, sadly, that well, ended with a horrible Super Bowl, though. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and to be fair, I think a lot of that was him moving protection and things like that. But, yeah, definitely that last year, I think the uh, line took a hit and it really hasn't been the same since. Granted, you guys played pretty well under Teddy Bridgewater once he got hurt and, and you had to roll the Drew Lock. It was kind of night and day, really. 
Um, yeah. I think you started what four and two and ended up eight and eight, if I remember right. Oh no, yeah, it would have been like eight and nine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I forget they went to seventeen games, but okay. Yeah. So give me the give me your predictions for the AFC West one one through four. <laughs> Uh, I swear to God, if you put the Raiders at four. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, for uh, for the sake of it, we'll put the San Diego Chargers at four. We'll put the Raiders at three, Denver at two. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. We'll do Kansas City at two and Denver at one. That That's high hopes, though. <laughs> I, I really I really want to see Kansas City at four, though. So. That's what yeah, I really that would be see. fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, I'll change it. Broncos first, Raiders second, uh, Chargers third, and uh, Kansas City fourth. I, I, I don't think I asked what you hope, but I asked what you think. Maybe they're that's the same thing. But, uh, uh, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. But I think uh, at the AFC West is going to be a hard division to predict on at this point. Oh, God, it's tough. Especially, yeah, especially with – because, like, Mahomes and the Chiefs look like they were going to have a bad year this year, and then they go ahead and kind of turn it around towards the second half there, and you're like, man. But uh, – uh, and the Chargers are looking tougher than than uh, they have in <laughs> many years with uh, Herbert behind the line there, so or behind the center there. So um, it's kind of – it's it's a hard one to choose with uh, – with the moves that Denver made this offseason, um, I haven't really paid attention to what the Raiders have done this offseason, so I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> but uh, Just the um, best I, wide receiver in football, that's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got uh, – what's his face? Devontae um, Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams. And uh, uh, Kansas City actually lost, like, what, three, three key players for their offense and yeah. defense? Kansas City's so, had a – a rough offseason, especially with Tyreek Hill essentially forcing his way out. But yep. they do have 12 draft picks. And I, I should say we are recording this before the, the NFL draft, which starts in two days. This probably yep. won't be released before the draft. So I, I should preface that. But <laughs> Kansas City, I think, has had the worst offseason in all the AFC West. So, yeah. It's it uh, I, and I I don't know if Mahomes magic can hold out or not. I guess we'll see, but I'm kind of thinking that Kansas City won't be in that top spot this year. It's going to be up between Denver, uh, uh, L.A. That's really still really weird for me to say L.A. Yeah. instead of San Diego. I, I still, still call them San Diego all the time. <laughs> I still call the Raiders Oakland all the time. But, you know. Yeah, that's another one. And then uh, uh, I think it's going to be a toss-up between those three, and maybe Kansas City might be left with scraps this year. That's what it's looking like, but uh, we'll see if Mahomes' magic can actually hold out losing key players and gaining new talent and working with the new talent to get uh, keep the momentum they have going. But uh, uh, to be personally – to be honest, I'm tired of Mahomes' magic already. So, <laughs> yeah. and that's the tough thing for me <laughs> is you you have Andy Reid and you have Patrick Mahomes, which is yep. the best coach and the best quarterback in the 
division, so it's it's hard to pick against them. But at the same yeah. time, when you have the offseason they've had thus far, they could trade up and, and get some major impact players in this draft with their 12 picks, um, and, and that could change the whole story of the offseason. But as it stands right now, as we're speaking, I think Kansas City has taken quite the step back, and, and the other three teams have made major improvements. So I think at the at the bare minimum, it's going to be probably the toughest division in, in all of the NFL. You could argue yeah. maybe the AFC North. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, and I can't wait to see the draft. So yeah, <laughs> obviously both our teams have kind of dealt away all their draft capital for for this season. Um, yeah, but I think we both have third round picks, if I remember right. So that that'll be when the draft kicks off for the for for the both of us. Yep, yep. Hopefully they get some. Like I said, I'm I'm just hoping Denver gets some offensive talent on there that uh, really works well together, really meshes together, and gives Russell Wilson and maybe maybe Russell Wilson will bring a leadership aspect into it too that uh, will help drive his uh, mind to really work together and uh, give him some time back there. So, Do you think K.J. Hamler and Corton Sutton are enough? Uh, yeah. We oh, got, and uh, I guess Jerry Judy when he's healthy as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jerry Judy is healthy too. Um, I guess uh, I – Noticed some stories that Metcalf was talking about going there. I guess that didn't go through, did it? Not yet. I mean, he he's made it clear that he he wants out. Um, he's still on his rookie contract, so whoever yeah. it obtains him from Seattle, if if they do, they're going to have to hand him out a pretty fat contract. So, got to yeah. re- remember that part of the deal as well. But he is rumored to be on the block, so yeah. possibility, so- but. We'll see. Yeah, I I heard something about him wanting to go join uh, uh, Russell Wilson down there in Denver. Um, I didn't know if that was going to be a thing that happened or not, though, because they did spend a lot of money in draft picks getting the free agency uh, picks that they did get. So, yeah, I don't think be... you guys have enough left to to get a DK Mac Metcalf, but you, you never know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it, it was almost yeah. like. When you guys were trading for Russell Wilson, you said, we'll give you all these draft picks. And they were like, okay, yeah, we'll take it. And then you said, oh, and we'll throw in Noah Font. And they were like, uh, okay. And then you were like, oh, and Shelby Harris. And they were like, really, you, you can be done. We, we like the trade. Oh, and, and Drew Locke. you have to take Drew Locke too. Like, oh, okay, fine. We'll, we'll take it. So, I don't know. Uh, it was Go ahead. And the, and the funny thing is, is I had such high hopes for Drew Locke, and that didn't pan out at all. So, like, I, I wish him luck in Seattle. But, ones. I, yeah. I thought for sure you guys had something in Drew Locke when you drafted him. He yeah. has all the physical attributes that you'd like to see from a quarterback, but for some reason, between those ears, there's something going on there. So, Yeah, and, like, he was cool and everything under pressure, but then – He's starting a whole season, and, uh, and it just wasn't as, I don't know, breezy as it seemed like it was going to be. So yeah. uh, hopefully it pans out better this time. But like I said, I think most of their, what they need to look for is 
uh, shoring up that offensive line. So that's going to be their major working point. I don't want to be the, uh, I don't know, bearer of bad news. I don't know. I don't think Russell Wilson's (laughs) playing at Russell Wilson levels for the last couple of years. So could have just been the situation with the team, but you guys gave up a ton for him. Yeah, I, I still think it's a lot. I don't think he had a lot of time to throw there. That dude was having to extend plays all the time because it seemed like his offensive line just wasn't what it was when they won Super Bowl, what, 48? I think it was. Sounds right. Um, so, and then went it back to the Super Bowl 49. Right? <laughs> yeah, because they won 50. They didn't go 49. So, yeah, it'd have to be 48. So, yeah. <laughs> but. And then uh, lost to the damn Patriots in the following one. <laughs> when they should have just gave Mark John the damn football. Four <laughs> times in a row, he would have scored from the one-yard line. And the ball off instead of trying to throw it. <laughs> but it's fine. He's your quarterback now. <laughs> well, we don't have Pete Carroll calling those plays, so hopefully, our, uh, hopefully our coach will be like, we have a solid enough running back, we'll just run it. Do you think Nathaniel Hackett's successful there in Denver? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. That's, it seemed like it seemed like they hired him to get um, Aaron Rodgers to come from yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. So, so obviously he's unproven. Seems like he's a, a good offensive play caller. So there's yeah. some positive steps, but well, we'll, we'll see. Thoughts. I I can't hold anything at this time because I don't pay a lot of attention to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I I know they have productive seasons and then have some of their off seasons. Um, I'm not sure when Hackett came in to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I don't really know his resume there. Because like I said, I, I'm not I don't really pay attention to the uh, Packers that much. But uh, I had. High hopes for uh, uh, Fangio when Fangio came in because he was uh, defensive. And I always thought that uh, Denver could use some reinforcement on the defensive uh, positivity, especially after uh, uh, the no-fly zone started going away. So they, uh, I felt like they needed somebody there to kind of re- reinstate some of that uh, defensive attitude. But... Uh, that didn't pan out either, so, <laughs> so I uh, I don't I'm not sure how that's gonna go. I I still really wish that they Kubiak was still healthy enough to coach because I miss that guy. I I really like the Kubiak year, so or two years. Is it a year or two years? I think it's been two now. Yeah. So yeah, the his the, son's uh, coaching now. I can't remember whose staff he's on, but no, I think. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's been with the Packers since McCarthy came on. So, or not McCarthy, um, Matt Matt Lafleur. So that's the other thing that scares me about Hackett is <laughs> Lafleur's been calling the plays. So obviously he understands how the the play designs and all that stuff work, and he's bringing probably Lafleur's offense with his own spin on it. But yeah. That's that's the thing that scares me about taking the Broncos to finish towards the top of the division is 
they've got so many unknowns in in head yeah. coach. Obviously, we don't know what Russell Wilson still has. I, I I believe in him as a player, but he hasn't put the best tape out there the last couple of years. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Denver, and and obviously we'll we'll see what else happens in the draft. Um, like I said, I think they draft in the third round for the first time in this yeah. 2022 draft that's in Vegas. It's only two and a half hours away. I wish I could go, but I'm on call this week, so I've got to be like, at least somewhere near. So <laughs> It's like 12 hours away from me. Yeah. No, that's not right. 10 hours away from I me. I think it's, yeah, <laughs> I've made it in like eight and a half from, from Green River, so. Yeah, I think that year we went to Vegas last, uh, last year. I think I made that drive in nine hours, it seemed like, yeah. uh, maybe even a little bit sooner. But I, I'm not a, I don't I usually have to take bathroom breaks that often. So. Yeah, I was going to say that was eight and a half, I think, was with my fuzz buster. And I think I stopped literally for gas, and that was it. So, Yep. <laughs> I think we stopped for gas, like, north of Vegas and headed all the way. And I don't think I stopped from that gas station all the way until, like, Little America outside of Green River. I, and then I had to stop and actually had to get gas. <laughs> That's a young yeah. man's game, though. I don't think I could make it eight hours anyway. <laughs> hey, I was only 32 last last year when I did it. So it's usually a, a matter of making sure you dehydrate yourself so you don't have to go. <laughs> yeah. But you also have to hit the, the monster <laughs> energies or whatever. And then actually, those yeah, make yeah. you need to pee. Yeah, usually I don't even need that. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I have, like, this massive ability to drive even, like, it's really weird. Like, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, when we always went to Salt Lake for concerts, I was always the designated driver because, not because other people got drunk, but because I could drive all the way down there early in the morning. We'd hang out, we'd get uh, in line first so it could be front row. We'd So we'd stand there in line for, like, six, seven hours. Then watch the show, which was usually like four or five hours, and then I'd drive like we'd leave the Salt Air in Salt Lake at like eleven thirty at night, and I'd have to drive all the way back. And I had yeah. the uh, I had the ability to actually do that in an entire day. And in the oil fields, I was able to I don't know I I used to be able to stay up for two days straight testing a rig, drink a thing a, a cup of coffee before I left the rig, and still drive all the way to the shop. <laughs> like, I probably wasn't supposed to, but I have that ability. I don't know what it is. <laughs> not me, especially not after kids. Like I used to be able to do that when I was when I was younger, but for sure since I've had kids, it's like I could fall asleep anywhere, and driving is one of the places where I just sunk out, and I'm like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> and that's why. Uh, on long distance drives, I, I have to drive because the wife just falls asleep within like the first half hour. So if she drove, she'd, she'd probably drive like half hour, 45 minutes, and I'd be behind the wheel anyway. So I might as well just yep. take it over the whole time. Well <laughs> and that's kind of how I am, but to a point, I think the farthest we usually drive is like four hours to go to my parents' house regularly. Yeah. We drove yeah. to We drove to Yellowstone last summer. Um, and that was definitely a challenge, but, you know. Yeah, we, we, uh, we went to Moab last year, and when I went, uh, like, I couldn't get out of work the day we were supposed to leave for Moab, 
So I ended up like working two in the morning until like 11 o'clock in the, in the morning. And then we ended up driving to Moab down there and that was, that, that, that was easy for me. That, that's no big deal. <laughs> that's like a five and a half hour drive, depending on yeah. which way you take from here. There's two ways you can go and they're both about the same amount of time. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. Anything else you wanted to talk about before we cut it? Uh, I think we're good to go. And uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. As always, we'd appreciate you coming back on. And if you have anything yep. else you want to talk about, just let us know and we'll, we'll get you back on. Kyle was supposed to join, but ended up having last second thing come up. So uh, next time, hopefully one of him or, or John will be on. But as always, we appreciate you coming on. And, and if you have anything else you want to talk about, just let us know. All right. Sounds good, man. Yeah, just hit me up. I'm ready to go anytime. We'll make sure the computer works before we do it next time. Though. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right. You too, man.